Hello and happy Wednesday. Guess who's watching? I just popped on to share. Guess who's watching this morning? <laughs> you don't want to guess. <laughs> I don't. Virginia. <laughs> oh, Hello, hi, Virginia. Virginia. Virginia, I miss you so much. I, I need some Virginia in. That was my... actually my first guess. <laughs> <laughs> you should have gone with it. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> I need to turn us up. This is really low. Um, and happy guys. November. Yes, it's November 1st. Vince and I were we joking when we hopped on saying that, that we survived October 31st and the, the infighting of, of the church over to Halloween or not to Halloween. And, um, you know, I, I didn't dress up. I didn't, I didn't celebrate in any way. In fact, most of the day I was kind of oblivious <laughs> as, as to the the date, the hour of yeah, evil. Same. If I was dressed up, I would have gone as an adult male. There you have it. <laughs> and, and we've landed ourselves in All Saints Day. How about that? How about that? Happy All Saints Day. We should have done that as a topic. Maybe we are. Maybe, maybe that's what maybe. All maybe Saints so. Day. Happy All Saints Day. Hey, if you're watching us. Please pop in, say hello, tell us where you're from, and follow along. We love your comments. We love to interact with with the people in the comments. And um, we are we are going to dive into a topic that I think is really necessary to look at again. I feel like we talk about this often, but um, it just it's necessary. It's a necessary conversation that that we understand the times that we're living in, that we understand where are we at, where are we positioned, what is this change, this transformation that's that's upon us, where are we going, and and what to do with the the unknowns. Um, if you tell me that you know exactly where we're going. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to really question that because I'm not sure that anybody knows exactly where we're going or what this is all going to look like. Um, I, I think that that's probably a little bit of an arrogant stance because it has just not been completely disclosed of what it is that God is doing. And, and so many of us are, are really like swirling. I, I get it. Hey, Anne-Marie. Hi, Maria. <laughs> she, she always catches me off guard, hey, babes. <laughs> we can't see that that's probably a reply on there. Oh, it, you think? Oh, now I've got to look. Um, now, now I'm going to distract myself and have to know whether she's replying to John or just, you know, lately she's just been throwing that out there as, okay. a, as a complete covering of... Um, the All whole. peoples. Yes, and I love it. So, um, Robin, good morning. John, good morning. Um, we we just we just saw John off for his his day of work. So, um, anyway, you guys, we're gonna jump in and 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 tap tackle this topic. Um, the other thing that I'll say is like we are, and this is just. This is lingo that we have used in our organization. This has happened once or twice already, where. Um, God has been clear, like you got to clear the table, like let's, let's, let's scrap what you think, you know, 
and and let's let's really begin to to examine closely examine what it is that that you're holding on to where you think you're going all of those things and and i think you know we we even have to understand that that god is bringing clearer definition to the things that we have thought that we've known to the things that we've even picked up and 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 felt like we had the edge on it and um and we don't, right? Like we, we we really don't. Can we just be those who are like, I know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified? Even Paul proclaimed that over himself. And and how arrogant are we to think that we have the corner on any of this because we don't. I don't know how this all works. I'm toddling at best and um and and have the desire to grow. That's that's what I can say. And so Vince, will you will you jump in and and share what it is that that you feel God has just kind of implanted in your heart for the people this morning. Yeah, we, we started this conversation the other day and clearing the table uh, uh, when when God calls us to do this, it, it feels like this is the good time of year to do it. This time of year is very interesting and and, and each year and I do believe it, it happens each year uh, we start to see, things that we wanted to happen during the year, maybe even had specific things prophesied for the year that just haven't happened yet. And, and what do we do with that perspective? Uh, mm-hmm. More often than not, what we see is that there is a pessimistic pessimistic vantage point assumed, and it, it's seen as a place uh, where we are seemingly stuck in the mud. And that is a, a phrase that is easy to throw around because everybody understands what that means. And that is no fun. But yeah. but what if it isn't being stuck, uh, but rather placed? If God is calling us to clear the table, we have to change what our, our perspective is of things going on. Uh, and, and this is sometimes difficult to do for ourselves and, and may take intervention from someone close to you to offer up a, a view that will will ask challenging questions and, and not challenging in that they are questions that are difficult to answer. They may be difficult to answer, but challenging in a way uh, that uh, comes up against what you currently believe. It is really interesting to see and hear people's perspectives uh, when perhaps it's time to clear the table, move around the table, move around the room, gain a new perspective of what you're viewing as a problem. And I am talking physically get up and move to somewhere else, grab a grab a chair and move it to the other side of the room. Just gaining the new perspective on a room really helps to to get your mind in a space where it is. God is calling us to when he says it's time to clear the table, scrap everything you think, you know, I have something else I want to lay out for you. And this is this is a great time of year to do that. We're about to to come into a new year. And if we want to be able to to run on on January 1st into what it is that God has for us for the next year, then we have to start thinking about these things now. We have to start listening now and looking now into what it is that God is calling us to. And and, you know, we we, you had the caption in there stewarding uh, new beginnings when everything is is unfamiliar and unknown. And that brought me to Matthew four. Uh, 18 through 22, where Jesus is calling the disciples. And uh, that says, uh, 
While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Uh, this is a, a story I think about when, when stewarding new seasons, uh, when so much is unknown and unfamiliar. I can't imagine uh, these men had ever heard the term fishers of men. They were just ordinary working men, but they were willing to give uh, Jesus themselves, all of themselves. And it goes on and says, uh, and going from there, he saw two brothers, James, the son of uh, James, the son of Zebedee and John, his brother in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them immediately. They left the boat and their father and followed him. They went from fishing to following Jesus full-time in a moment, listening to Jesus teach, because that's where it, it goes into the next uh, uh, verse of Jesus ministering to crowds. And they were able to listen to him teach, proclaim the gospel, uh, see miracles, healing. Uh, it says every disease and, and affliction. And, and they were able to ask him questions and, and talk to him. And, and for me, this is the very definition of unfamiliar and completely unknown because what they were witness to was was somewhat unprecedented. Sure, they had miracles had happened. Uh, they had stories passed down that would have been told of the Exodus, what took place in the wilderness, all the way up to the present day. But the scale of what Jesus was doing was beyond the stories of, of their people's history. And, and this is God clearing the table for himself to enter in. And, and and in these guys being called and having to steward this, I would think that the, you know, thinking about the attributes of a fisherman, they would need all of that. And they would need to bring all of that to bear in the unfamiliar and the unknown. They would have to have patience. They would have to be able to, to wait to understand all it was that Jesus was opening up for them. They would have had to have perseverance because there were times where the religious elite coming against them. And so they would have to be able to persevere. They would have to have courage, obviously, to be able to, to walk with Jesus, just to be able to call themselves publicly his disciples would have taken courage because this was uh, uh, so revolutionary to what was known at the time for hundreds of years at that point, the, the oral tradition being passed down and, and all of those things. It would have taken courage. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, it takes an eye for the right moment to be able to say, this is this is where I need to to pick my spot and, and insert myself. You know, I know it's time uh, to to cast the net out here. And uh, they would also have to know, you know, uh, fitting the bait to the fish. And, and that is uh, we've talked about this before we came on. Paul saying, you know, I, I have become all things to all men so I could win them for Christ. And, and that's the thing. Jesus knew when he called them using the right terminology, using fishers of men terminology, they would, they would understand this. And so they would have to understand that as well in sharing the gospel. They, they would have to keep themselves out of sight. You know, uh, um, shadows on the water can cause fish to do funny things. And they would have to keep themselves out of sight. And, and in ministry for them, it is, it is not putting themselves on display, but putting Christ forward, putting Jesus on display for him to be lifted up, for people to come after him. And so, you know, how does that translate to us? Uh, it's about taking 
all of who God made you to be and applying it to what it is that he's calling you to. There is, is no other way to steward anything in the kingdom, but to take all of yourself and apply it to what it is he's calling you into. Uh, if he's calling you to clear the table and, and, and scrap what you think you know, so he can bring something new, well, you better bring your full focus and attention to that. Get your notebook out, get your pen out and be ready to receive. Yeah. There, that is the way to, to steward this well. Um, mm-hmm. But again, you know, we don't know exactly what it is he's asking us to clear the table for, but there's something that's coming. There, there's a place he is wanting to take us in doing this. And, and likely it's going to take what we already know and tweak it or build upon it. Uh, but if you are not willing to, uh, again, have that challenged, then it's it's going to be difficult for you to uh, uh, to be able to see that thing grow or to be able to see it uh, uh, brought into the perspective that God wants you to take on a thing, whatever the matter is. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so good. And and I think that it's interesting that that Jesus, you guys, we have got to be so attentive in, in this hour, seriously, like be attentive to what it is that God is saying. There, there's a part in, um, in, in our word for, for 2023 that, that, and I'm going to paraphrase this because I'm going to like totally butcher it too, um, it, that it, basically God's saying, you only listen long enough to gather intel to go and spread it. And, and in so doing, you're, you're creating shacks. And, and, and so we've got to be people who stay long enough to be attentive long enough to, to lay hold of not just the the, the outside candy coating, but the, the, the meat on the inside and that we can do something with it instead of just going and, and like, oh, God said this. And, and not sitting in that thing and allowing it to ruminate in us. And it's it's really interesting to me that that God, Jesus, is approaching fishermen. This is, this is their occupation. He's approaching fishermen and he's telling them, come follow me and I'll make you fisher of fishers of men. And he, so he is the God who inserts the of, right? He's the God who takes you from occupation to dominion. And so this is a total upgrade for these men to go from occupation to dominion. We aren't called to just occupy. We are called to rule and reign on the earth. And if we are not paying attention right now, we're going to miss it and and, and still believe that it's just about my occupation. It's still just about my, my little corner of the earth. And this is what I do, just me and Jesus. This is, this is how it's done. And, and you're going to attempt to rebuild what he's just taken down, what he's just demolished, because that's what we do. We are people that look backwards rather than forwards because we don't understand the of that he inserts because it's so familiar to us that, that we miss it. We miss it. We think that God is actually giving us permission to remain the same because we're not listening intently. I, I love that part of the word because it really draws on the fact that our, our, our attention spans are, are are not what they should be. But there is always more that he's wanting to reveal to us 
if we are willing to sit long enough uh, to to build more than I think it says a house of cards or something to that effect. That's what it is. A house yeah. of cards. You're right. I'm mixing. I'm mixing parts of the word. That's okay. Same <laughs> same idea. It is the same idea. He's just kind. <laughs> yes, but we we have to be able to do this because uh, in that part where it talks about uh, having one foot in the kingdom and the, the rest in the shacks of Satan, this is what's happening. If we aren't sitting long enough, we're, we're, we're only able to get a, a, a small foot into the kingdom. And then we think we've got it. And it's, oh, I've got this. I'm off to, to share it with the world. And, and really, he's like, hold on. There's more. But wait, there's more, you know if you want to take it to the infomercial. <laughs> um, we, we have to be able to do that, though, because if not, we are going to miss so much. And if we are truly wanting to bring fullness into the oneness that we share with one another and be able to sharpen one another well, then we are going to to sit and linger longer with mm-hmm. what it is that God is sharing to us, what it is that, that he's revealing to us. Because this brings a a fuller uh, picture of of what it is he's wanting to do, where it is he's taking us, and and how he's wanting to equip us when we sit longer with that. We are able to bring so much more to each other. And and this is is also an added perspective to that is that if I don't sit long enough with what it is God is sharing with me, when I bring that to you, you're missing out. You are missing out on what else it is. Not only am I missing out, but everyone else around me is going to miss out as well. Yeah. And gosh, we have to be able to stay in tune long enough. Yeah. Um, and this this can take practice because right now we are practiced uh, in the scroll. It is short one to two seconds and you're off to the next thing. One to two seconds, off to the next thing. And, and that can be a hard uh, uh, habit to break, but we have to be able to take the time to sit and linger. Mm-hmm. For sure, and and I think that you know if we're if we're looking at this from the the point of view of a house of cards, like have you ever built? Weigh in, people. Have you ever built a house of cards? You spend most of your time protecting the table from a bump. You know. And, and, and if we can't withstand a bump, you might as well just walk away now. Seriously. Like it, it, it's, it's not, it's not a worthy venture to build a house of cards. And, and I think we do this so often. We, we go in, we gain Intel from the Lord because here's the deal. We, most of us live under the spirit of prophecy most of us have contact with a prophet. And so we live under the unction of prophecy and it's really easy for us to tune in and hear what God is saying, but we only gather small portions of the details and, and we run with it. We run with it like it's the whole truth and it's not. Mostly it's it's half-baked and, and, and it's not going to withstand a mere bump. You know, if it can't withstand the dog running through, then what are we doing? Right. So we, we need to learn to, to linger longer 
and be able to capture the of that he's wanting to insert. Like, who are you? Do you know who you are outside of what it is you do day to day? What what is the governance that God has put on your shoulders? If we're made in his image, then we are made to withstand a burden on our shoulders. But most of us are so weak minded because we only allow the favor of the Lord to affect us and not his obedience training, not his discipline, not his chastisement. Can we use these words? We, we, we like so shrink back from these words because we have convinced ourselves that his favor is the ruling agent in our lives. And this is how we end up with a house of cards. Yeah, we can't be scared of those words because um, there is not punishment on the backside of those words even though that's that's the justice that we operate in as humans uh, you know when we talk about chastisement there is there is a, a sense of punishment that is being brought down and that's something we, we we need to understand is is if we take punishment off the table we can sit in these things and we can we can take what it is God's saying to us and, and come out of it and like wow he actually, loves me so much he's willing to come and say these hard things to me yeah rather than just let me sit over here and wallow in whatever it is that i'm going through or whatever it is that i'm i'm taking part of he loves me enough to come and say these things and i think if we we take that different perspective and saying okay i'm not i'm not about to be punished god what is it that you actually are saying to me then we can we can actually receive and I love you talking about the house of cards on the table that if it can't withstand the dog running through, uh, you spend all that time protecting the table from a bump or uh, a breeze. Don't breathe on it either. Right. Don't do that. Um, don't sneeze. Right. Oh, <laughs> don't have me around. I sneeze too much. Um, it, it, remembering also that that God is our defender. He is the one that is is our protector. And if we are building the way he is telling us to build, there is protection and defense built into that yeah. already. Yeah. And so uh, um, sitting, lingering longer to hear all of these things, to understand all of these things, and then to be obedient to what it is that he's saying, we don't have to worry about a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. He's taking care of them already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think so much of it is that that professionalism loving as it pertains to Christianity that that is still needing to be worked out in us where we approach him wanting to to gather intel. So to to be able to appear as having the 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 edge on on whatever the thing is. And and that that has got to be worked out in us, you know, and. Um, not Anne Marie. Laura Beth had come to us with a word about tethers, and 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 so clearly, I mean, we've been talking about tethers for years now, and and I'm going like, God, why are you sending a prophet to us <laughs> of her caliber to to talk about tethers? And um, clearly, because we still have them, <laughs> and um, which is ouch, ouch. I don't want to still have tethers, but there are. There are things that are just in our mix that we can't identify as tethers without the, you know, the, the word of the Lord to come in and run interference in um, our all rightness and, um, and cause us to relook, to reexamine like, God, what, what is it? 
What is it that you're wanting to free me from? Can we stop like, ah, thinking that like we're, we're, we're naughty because we have tethers. Okay. Maybe naughtiness brought the tether on, but he's, he's not, he's not just pointing out the fly. He cares. He loves, he disciplines and he wants us free. Yeah. I mean, you have to want freedom though, which means you have to be willing to take on the responsibility that comes with being free. Right. There, there is a responsibility there and um, obedience is one of those things. We, we, we've talked about obedience for quite some time. It is one of our, our boundary lines is radical obedience uh, yeah. to, to what it is that God's calling us into uh, knowing that we're going to have missteps and over and over again, he's told us not to worry about that. I was even in our word for 2023. Yeah. You're, you're going to have some missteps. That, that's, that's, not the main issue that's being dealt with here. Like you right. said, you know, naughtiness may have brought on the tethers, but uh, regardless of whether that naughtiness is still in your life or not, the tether could remain, which is what, right. what we need to, what we need to deal with. And, yeah. uh, and, and so we have to be able to identify those things too. We've been asking that question ever since then. Can you identify the the tethers in your life? And then what is taking place? How are you working with Holy Spirit to, to sever these things? How can we come alongside and be, uh, uh, hold you accountable to, to what that is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, being able to identify those as well, because it is for freedom's sake that, uh, we need to get these things cut off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Anne-Marie's nailing it here. You know, we, we need, the help of those around us to even be able to see them right now. These are things. So this is where I think that we're at is we're at this place as the body of Christ, where he's, he's not just talking about the external tethers. Those are fairly simple to identify. Um, they're, they're the, the hangups that, that we struggle with on a regular basis. They were like, God, please deliver me from this. But, but these are the ones that are embedded. These are the tethers that, um, have likely been passed down there. There's someone, even they've shaped your DNA. They've, you know, these are the things that, that are in us, that it's only by the hand of God that, that we are going to be delivered from them. And so, you know, Anne-Marie, I think you're, you're nailing it here that, that we are in a time where it's not, it's not our eyes that are going to be able to identify these things. We need the examination of the spirit to be able to understand what's going on in us and what it is that, that God is wanting to free us from. And it's going to come by way of someone else. And um, so are you, are you um, able to receive correction in that matter? Are you, are you able to receive discipline from God from the mouth of another who cares about you, who loves you, who wants to see you free? And, and for those who have eyes to see, are you capable of bringing correction to someone in your tribe, your camp, however, um, in, in a way that, um, that is, is going to free them. Like <laughs> that's, that's the only way to say it. I think that's actually going to bring freedom to them. Yeah. And, um, I think that we've got some false sensitivities that are like, you know, I'm sorry, you went too far. Like, <laughs> or, or we want to excuse the mess. We want to have reasons why it's like that. And again, 
We have got to stop internalizing sin. We, we've got to stop having affection for sin. When we are making up excuses for the tethers that are internal, we are, we are pouring our affection on the things that God is calling sin. He's wanting to free us and, and we're coddling it. We're going, oh, no, don't look at that. And, and that's, it's just a mess. We're a mess. We need Jesus. Well, you know, we don't want to call sin, sin. We don't want to admit <laughs> our part of a mess. That, that's right. the, the other thing we have to be willing to do is, is willing to call the mess sin. If, if that's what it is. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes the aftermath is, is the mess, but if we're not willing to say that, yes, there even is a mess, then it's going to be hard to to cut those tethers. It's going to be hard to to move into freedom, and it's going to be um, it's going to be impossible. And you've talked about tethers before, also like uh, rubber bands attached to people. They'll move into freedom so far, and then it yanks yeah. them back because there is no severing of that. Bungee cords. Yes, bungee yeah. cords. There's no. If there isn't any severing of those things, we're not being we're not being able to move in freedom and then to keep walking in freedom because yeah. we're just pulled right back because we won't deal with what's what's underneath. We want to uh, um, not just sweep it under the rug, but pile rugs on top of it, too, and be like, look, my stack of rugs. Don't mind the bump. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Don't trip over my sin. Yeah. <laughs> It's not really that funny. Um, Anne Marie is saying rebellion, and Robin is saying excuses are are destructive. And mm-hmm. and it, it, yes, 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 it, it is. It is rebellion, and and excuses are destructive. And I think that that that's that's how we've gotten ourselves where we're at. Is is we have allowed our excuses to be the authority in our lives, and look where it's gotten us. You know, we are, we are shackled to shame and, and sin is running rampant in, in not just our lives, but in, in our lineage in in our family's lives, because we never confronted anything. And, um, good morning, Vicki. Welcome. Uh, messes a bit like tangled wool, hard to get the knots. Oh yeah. See, I, I don't really know much about sheep, but, um, I had a poodle once. <laughs> and same (laughs) they they get matted very easily and um and and i think that that's a great analogy that you know you've got tangled up wool or tangled up fur and and it is it is just a mess and and so god in his kindness is coming at us right now and and when he's saying clear the table, he's he he's not just talking about organizationally. He's not just you know speaking in terms of things that we can see. He's he's wanting to free us from the things that hold us, free us from the things that trip us up, and 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 mostly, guys, for the sake of oneness. He is after a pure and spotless bride, and he's bringing a better definition to all the things that we think that we know, and we need to be like this right now. 
Everything needs to be open-handed and allow him to come in and bring definition to things. And I was thinking about this in context to the body, like our physical frame, and how when there is definition brought to a particular muscle, it looks completely different than than something that has no definition. And um, how many of you are interested in God bringing a muscular definition to the things that we practice on a regular basis, but fail to offer him what he's so worthy of. And and we're seeing like in our own organization, God coming in and going like, you thought it was this, but it's actually... It's actually something completely different. You've missed it. You've fallen into um, a tradition. You 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 just you show up. You do these things because it's become tradition. You're you're just robotic in, in these things. And 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 God is wanting to bring definition and um, for, to things like what is worship. What is praise? What is prayer? What is the body of Christ? What what is church? Right. And and if you have not felt the shaking within your church, I'm not sure you're completely awake. There there should be like you should be like a little bit um uh things should feel a little bit chaotic for you right now if you're awake because because he's bringing definition to things, because everything is swirling, because he has allowed everything that we once had pinned down to just be floating right now, to just be swirling in the chaos and the mess. And and we just completed a project as, as a team. And um, and I was so, well, both you and I, Vince, were struck by the, the introduction. So one of the one of the areas that that we addressed was where are we standing right now? Where are we standing? And so many people saw themselves in mud, some, you know, up to their waist, some up to their neck. Um, there was swirling going on, whirlwinds or what, whatever, quaking, happening, shaking. I mean, it was nothing short of desolation mm-hmm. <laughs> for for the majority. Now, there, there were some people who who saw themselves in, in a completely different space. But um, by and large, everybody was in this place of desolation. And, and it's telling. It's telling of what's going on in the spirit realm. Now, I, you have to admit that in the space, it's not what you want to see. It's in in a moment of honesty, we we have to admit that like, oh, this I actually wanted to redirect myself to be able to see something far more lush and pleasant. But it's not it's not what's taking place for us as the body of Christ. And um, and, and so I think that that we just we need a better estimate of, of where it is that we're standing and, and what it is that God is doing right now and being um, willing to allow him to come in and bring better definition to things so that we can speak intelligently <laughs> about the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's so true. Talking about everything floating around right now, it, it reminds me of going over the top of a hill on a roller coaster. Not the first one, not the initial one, but you oh. know, where <laughs> you come down and you're coming back up. And, and I remember uh, going in junior high with a class trip and one of the teachers would get motion sickness. So he had Dramamine in his shirt pocket. And when I rode with him on the first ride and we went up over the hill and he's, he couldn't figure out why he was seeing spots 
like what is going on and we got done and his his pills were all over the floor of the car because they had floated up out of his pocket so he was seeing spots oh that, that's, what I, that's what i thought about when you're talking about things floating up and around that's what it's like it's, it's kind of like being on a roller coaster we're going up we're going down and, and there's there could be a sense of queasiness going on we might start uh wondering what am i seeing here what is this all about and and that's that was part of what i was talking about at the beginning you know we, we need to take a new perspective we need to take a new perspective on things what if you're placed because you're far too wiggly and god needs you to be still so he's stuck you in mud and if you are stuck up to your neck you might be more wiggly than others <laughs> and yeah. just wanting to move not saying wiggly is a bad thing don't get me wrong uh but uh th this is just one of those things you know um you talked about needing to be open-handed right now yes that's exactly how we need to be because god is not going to come if you want to cling tightly to something you know he's not always going to rip that thing out of your hands yeah. if you want to cling tightly to he's going to to honor your your free will that he's given you he's going to honor what it is that, that uh you're wanting to do so if you're wanting to cling tightly to something that he's wanting to to take away so you can move forward then he's going to let you do that so uh, um, like you were saying, being open-handed with things right now is extremely significant to be able to move forward. Mm -hmm. um, Anne-Marie, is a, a waltzer a roller coaster? I need I, I need some clarity on that. I can't go to the waltzers as I get ill. I mean, I think same, <laughs> although I can waltz <laughs> without getting ill, but uh, roller coasters, yeah, that's not my thing. Um, I want to, I want to share something that um, that God has been revealing to me this week, and um, and it's it's a little bit, no, it's a lot sobering <laughs> to know it's like the oh yeah that just kind of like spin. Ugh, that's gross. That yeah no I spinning that's not yeah. for me either. Um, anyway, back to the word of the Lord. Um, <laughs> the other day, um, <coughs> I I saw God sitting on His throne, and um, and this was a very Esther like scene for me, and um, and I, I saw Him sitting there with His scepter extended. And as I watched, he just, he pulled it back and, and that was it. That was the extent of what he showed me. And, um, and it threw me for a loop. I was like, oh God, what does this mean? And, um, and, and you know, we're familiar with, with, with stories like Esther, where we know like she risked her life running before the king on more than one occasion without his scepter being extended to her. And, and this is a, a personal word for me multiple times. I have, I have been prophesied over that, that God's scepter is extended to me and um, which, you know, is it, invitation for intimacy to, to come near the, the King and, um, and, and his scepter is a sign of his power. And, and 
it's also a, a, it's symbolic of his his authority and his discipline and um and so I, I sat in it of course if i'm honest i'll tell you that that my human emotions started rushing to wanting to to analyze to find um to, to, to grab hold and, and have knowledge. Like I, I wanted to understand that God, if, 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 the, if you're talking to me, you know, anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like when, when, the, when God shows you something, like it, it causes you to kind of dart and, and, and want to know like, what does this mean? Kind of a thing. And, and, um and, and, and clearly you guys, this, this, this goes against so much of our, um, the things that we love about God, that, that he, we can approach him. He says to come boldly before his throne, all of these things. And, um, so the longer that I sat in this, the, the more he brought definition to, to what it is that, that he, he's wanting us to know. And I'm going to, I want to just read parts of this to you because, um, I don't want to miss anything and, and I don't want to get it tangled up and, and create some confusion for you. So I saw God pull his scepter back toward himself. I know enough to realize the extension of his, his approachability is changing. And I think that this is what we're talking about is the way that we are going to be permitted to approach him is, is changing. And this is something that we need to, to get used to and, and learn to regard him for who he is in his fullness. I think that, that most of us have our pet angles that, that we, um, really approve of in regard to who God is. We love, we love the God of grace. We love the father heart of God. We love the, I call it squishy Jesus aspect of, of who God is. And, and we know that this last year has been, um, quite the whirlwind for so many people because God has come in a way that most of us have been unfamiliar with, especially those of us that were raised up in a grace movement. And, um, and, and, and now he's pulling back his scepter and he's going, you will regard me. The, the way that, that you are allowed to approach me is changing. He is demanding honor and he's demanding a respect that I'm not sure we have complete access to within ourselves. You guys, we need a better understanding of holiness desperately. I've sat in this vision for a few days, wondering why God showed me this. His scepter has been seen as his favor, a slot machine level lover of sorts, always after God's favor and never his discipline. We've decided our level of righteousness based on the idea of favor, convincing ourselves of how settled we are within the heart of God, a wishy-washy crew searching for evidence of favor rather than the comfort of God's discipline. I saw, and this is on the backside of it, I saw a rise in estrogen levels in the body of Christ, levels that bring imbalance even to women. An endocrine system in compromise, an inconsolable bride with a low sperm count, leading to the lack of offspring of any worth. A coddled generation who believes freedom is choice, but each choice adding another chain to the bonds. 
There is no hospitality found in the home. However, a reach to impregnate with the status of favor is sown with each visit. Religion will be the upcoming generational battle as this next generation attempts to offset the imbalance of favor that we've latched ourselves onto. The Lord God Almighty is after sons and daughters that bear the image of the ferocity of his kingship. And I want to just give a little bit of knowledge to the endocrine system. The endocrine system releases hormones that communicate with the rest of the body. And if God is saying that we have an imbalance or we have an endocrine system that is in compromise, we are getting the wrong message to the body. And you can see how this has played out. We have had the wrong message in the body. And this goes back to building the house of cards that we have looked at favor and made the decision that we are in right standing with God and we are not. Favor is not an indicator of righteousness. Favor is actually not even an indicator of an extended scepter. Favor is typically an indicator of the residue of the leftover glory from the last outpouring and has very little to do with your relationship with God. We need the clear word of the Lord desperately. We have, we have morphed into something that we were never intended to be. We have jagged edges. We do not look like the image of Christ because we're walking around. Do you, do you know what what estrogen, high estrogen levels actually cause great weight gain. So we become disproportionate as the body. It causes moodiness. And this is in women. In men, it creates a very low sperm count, making it next to impossible to create or procreate. And causes them to grow boobs. We have a a morphed body before us. And I can just feel God going like, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be a people that will hold the standard of righteousness? Do you care enough to shed the, the, the favor, the favor that's creating a mess And go after holiness. Are we going to be a people that will give him what he's worthy of? I do not want to treat his scepter like a slot machine. I don't want you to treat his scepter like a slot machine. Do we know who it is that we say we serve? Do we have a proper estimate of his glory? Oftentimes I think that we regard his glory as candy in a parade, to be honest with you. We ask for his glory to fall 
We want to be surrounded by his glory. I think that it's regarded as something sparkly that we play with. And his glory is the proper estimate of his royalty, of his kingship, of his authority. We need to be a people who are on our faces right now, asking for an impartation of holiness. This has been, this has been a rough week. It's been a rough week. I know we started off saying that, you know, we made it through Halloween or whatever, but, and this has nothing to do with Halloween, but it's, it, there has, there has been things that have gone on this week that, that are hard, hard to look at. It is difficult to look at the things that are going on around us in the church, in the church, because we have not regarded God. We've built these sub kingdoms that we call the church. And we've convinced ourselves that, that it's all about God. We're doing this for his glory. It's not. It's not. We have built sub kingdoms, kingdoms unto man. And this is where you end up with fallen leaders who are committing gross sins. I don't want to be one of them. I don't, I don't want another leader in the church context to fall to gross sin. But it's going to require someone to stand for holiness. We need to better understand what the altar is made for. What are your thoughts, Vince? Holiness and oneness are not optional. We we can't look at these things as optional. We can't look at a, a, a particularly a oneness and say that uh, we we we're doing this with Jesus. And, and you know, talking about leaders falling due to gross sin because holiness and oneness have become optional for them, and that just cannot be. If we are really to regard what it is that you just released and, and understanding that God is asking or not asking, is demanding that we approach with a right regard, we had better start leading with the fear of the Lord and stop looking at holiness and oneness as optional. We yeah. just can't do that. We, we don't, we're not holding him in right regard if we're doing so if, if we are just going to want to approach in any old banner and just grab the scepter and pull it like the one-armed bandit you know yeah. it just isn't going to work and, and and as you're going through that i'm thinking what, what's next what, what's the action that we're taking here well he's called us to it and we've been talking about it the whole time it's clear the table clear the table because he is going to to teach us how to approach him he is going to show us what right regard looks like and we had better pay attention we had better pay attention to what it is that he's instructing us to do he's not going to to pull the scepter back and say something like uh, uh 
you need to approach me with regard and then just let you figure out how to define that for yourselves. This is one of the things that's gotten us into this mess is, is defining things for ourselves apart from what it is that God says is the definition, what God says is truth. We want to make up our own and then make believe that that's okay for me. Um, and if that hurts you, well, sorry, this is my truth. I don't care how it affects you, even though we are, are saying that we're in oneness together. That's yeah. not regarding oneness. It's making it optional. We, we absolutely have to go back to the fact that those two things are not optional. And, and in oneness, we get to do the weightlifting. We get to do the workouts that build the muscle that are going to release the, the testosterone that are, is going to make the, the endocrine system function uncompromised. Yeah. And, and tolerating the, the compromised system is, is just a way to keep us out of regard, out of holiness, out of oneness, keep us isolated and ineffective for the kingdom. And that, that, I know that's not what any of us that are listening to this or involved in any of these ministries want to see. We have to, to continue to, uh, from the, the, the word of 2023, break the back of tolerance and yeah. echo the cry of no compromise. No compromise. That means that uh, uh, holiness, if, if I am doing something that I, I feel even the slightest little twinge that maybe this isn't holy, I'm going to stop right then. And I'm going to, to have another think and go a different direction and say, so just stop and ask the question, Jesus, is this something I should be doing? Is this something you want to do with me right now? Yeah. It's probably a better question. Do you want to do this with me right now? Because if if Christ is in me and I'm in Christ, then what I'm doing, he's doing. That's going to that's gonna allow you to think about holiness and, and regard in, in a new manner is, um, well, what, what are you dragging Jesus into? What are you dragging? Holiness and oneness are not optional. Yeah. Go ahead. Nope. I. What are you dragging Jesus into? I. I think that that's that's something we need to consider. What What are we dragging Jesus into? If we could just grab hold of His worth. Mm-hmm. And then apply it to ourselves. You You asked the question on Sunday. Uh, um, something to the effect of are, are you giving him what he is worth are you uh, are you giving all of yourself are you uh, entering into to what it is that he has made available to us through the cross through the resurrection to bring the fullness of yourself to him because he is worthy of pure and spotless Yeah. And, you know, from a different angle, I, I don't want, I don't want a breakout of, of the supernatural healing signs, wonders, miracles. I I don't want that. If that's going to give us permission to remain the same, Mm -hmm. I only want those things to flow out through 
a righteous standard. I I just think that we're we're in we're in the best of times and the worst of times. Mm-hmm. And it's going to require everything. It's it's going to require all of us and we 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 cannot tolerate convincing ourselves that that somehow a, a favorable parking spot is God's nod at at our life choices, you know? And that's what we've done. We we've dismissed the the need to to walk in the way of Christ because of favorable conditions. Mm-hmm. We we need we need the discipline. We need the discipline of the Father and and uh, let me just for good measure let me read scripture. Proverbs chapter three, my son, do not forget my instruction, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace. Will they add to you? Do not let loving kindness and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them upon the tablet of your heart. Thus you will find favor and a reputation for fine understanding in the sight of God and man. Mm-hmm. By keeping his commands, you will find favor. Trust in Jehovah with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear Jehovah and depart from evil. I will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor Jehovah with your substance and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will burst open with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of Jehovah, nor be weary of his discipline. For whom Jehovah loves, he disciplines, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Obeying commands is not about religious duty. That's the heart of stone. We've been given the heart of flesh who follows after Jesus and and wants to obey commands just out of right regard, just because of who he is and what he's done for us. It just draws us naturally into that. And it's, it's not anything that's done out of a sense of duty. Yeah. So for a God who's drawing back his scepter, he's Mm -hmm. demanding change in the way that we approach him. Uh, Proximity to the holy brings holiness. Yes. But how are you approaching the holy? Yeah. Very true statement. How are you approaching him? Mm -hmm. What has he asked you to do that you are still dragging your feet on? How has he asked you to count the cost? How has he asked you to lay down your life? How has he asked you to go all in? And you're still dragging your feet. You're still doing things your way. We need to be quick to obey. Yes, no more masks, Maria. Mm -hmm. So Father, right now, we thank you for your word. We know that your word 
is like the, the sound of many waters. It's like many waters coursing through us, carving out what it is that you're after in us. Just like floodwaters do when they hit the earth, it carves something out. Right now we submit and we surrender to your word, God. And we know that right now in our current condition, we do not have a proper estimate of who you are. But we so desperately want it. Righteousness, God, is what we long for. We want to be those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And I'm not even so caught up in myself being satisfied, but I want you to be satisfied, God. I want to be a drink offering that satisfies you. God, I know you're looking for a people that can reverse the curse. Mm -hmm. You're looking for a people who will rise up under the standard of righteousness that you set. God created us a clean heart. Create in us a clean heart. Teach us to lay ourselves down all over again. To clear the table on the inside of us. We want to represent you well. We want to be those who bear your image rightly on the earth. Jesus, thank you for loving us enough to discipline us. We love being yours. Amen. Hey, I just want to uh, invite all of you into um, tomorrow morning. We are going to start a few day fast. And um, if you want to join us in that, we are, we are, or are doing so to, um, to, to really learn to lay ourselves low to, to, to gain the definition that, that God is wanting to, to bring to different things in, in our church worlds. And, um, and, and if, if you feel like that's something that you want to do with us, we would love, love for you to come alongside and, and be party to what it is that, that we're doing here in Junction City, Kansas. And, um, and we know, we know that we have, we have some clues as to what it is that, that God is taking us into in the coming days and what he's preparing us for. And we just want to make sure that, that we do so with, with, you know, clean hands and a pure heart. So um, we are starting tomorrow morning and going through um, Sunday afternoon. So if you want to join in with that, 
we would welcome your company. All right. We will, I'll be back on on Friday morning at nine. See you then.